Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. So, I want to say happy Resurrection Day, but really, every day is happy Resurrection Day, right? Uh, you know, I don't want to get too caught up in the holiday that we have that's commercialized, but we live every day like he's risen because he's risen, right? Amen. All right. Well, if you got your Bibles, you can open up to Luke chapter 24. Luke 24 is where I'm going to be at. I'm going to start in verse 13. I'm going to jump right into the message this morning because I got a lot of scripture to read and I want to talk about it. All right. Here we go. Luke 24 verse 13. The same day, this is after Jesus rose from the dead. Two of Jesus' followers were walking uh, to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and, became, and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, uh, Cleopas which, fun fact, scholars say that this is actually Joseph, Jesus' earthly father. It's his brother. So this is Jesus' uncle that he appears to. Um, he replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened here the last few days. What things, Jesus asked. Come on, you know, like, really? I would love to have been like a bystander in this moment, you know, and perhaps see a little smirk on Jesus' face. Um, the, the things that had happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said he was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priest and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his, uh, uh, then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. But some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them to the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he was going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them, which I think is just so cool. Hey, don't, don't leave yet. They don't even know who he is. Just don't leave yet. Just hang out with us. And he did. And as he sat down to eat, he took bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. And suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. So Jesus was kind of busy during all this time. So these two guys are followers of Jesus. They have this expectation of Jesus. We talk about this all the time that they had a misconception of who Jesus was and what he came to do. They were looking for a political overthrower. And he was here to establish a kingdom that's not in trouble because of stock markets and coin value and those types of things, right? And so, so he came to establish that. And, and these guys had an expectation. And then all of that was crushed by what happened 
with the religious leaders and those who helped crucify him, and he's dead, right? So all their hope is, is lost. They're confused. They're disillusioned. They're disappointed. Anyone ever been like that in your faith walk? Yeah. You're trying to follow God the best as best you can, and then something happens, and it doesn't meet your expectation, and you're confused, you're disillusioned, you're disappointed, and you're walking along. But then Jesus showed up. And when Jesus shows up, this preaches itself, church, everything changes. When Jesus shows up, everything changes. Now, their eyes were, were blinded at first from seeing who he really was. But what I find so interesting about this story, which I want to highlight today, is that Jesus, when he showed up, guess what he didn't do? He didn't post on Instagram with his face on it and say, hey, come to my service. Come check me out. Right? He didn't sell tickets to the show. He didn't have the fog machine or the bacon grease fog coming in, lighting up the lights and everything else. He didn't have any of that kind of stuff. You know what he did? He had a Bible study. He didn't do a miracle. He just had a Bible study. He said, hey, look. I can see you're feeling sad and disappointed. And they're followers of Jesus. These aren't just random bystanders. These are followers of Jesus who have been in the crowd listening to him preach and teach. He said, I know you're confused. I can see it all of your face. You're sad. Okay. Let's get to the word of God real quick. Let me show you something. And so he starts all the way back at the beginning, through all the scriptures that they had at the time, through the prophets and everything else. Moses, the very beginning, Genesis 3, where the prediction of the, the seed of the woman is going to bruise the head of the serpent. He points to Jesus. How about in, in uh, Genesis 22, Abraham, Mount Moriah, he's getting ready to sacrifice his son, the same place where Jesus would be sacrificed for the world. It all points to Jesus. What about Exodus, when the Passover is taking place and they're rubbing the blood of the lamb over the doorpost? points to Jesus all of these historical moments these big moments they all point to Jesus and he stops and he could have done anything he could have touched their little heads and said Bloop. no more sadness but instead he wanted to teach them even more at a deeper level said so he stopped and, and and he said he he took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets explaining to from them from all the scriptures excuse me concerning himself he wanted them to know who he really was. Jesus doesn't want you to have some manufactured uh, idea of who he is. He doesn't want you to have your opinion of who he is. He doesn't want you to have the world's opinion of who he is. He wants you to get into the word of God to know who he truly is. If it's your first time today, it's probably not going to get any better for you. Uh, be a little more convicting because it's been convicting for me, church. I got chills just reading this about how, again, Jesus, I'm telling y'all, there's something about food and connecting with people. If, you, if you're not opening up your home and inviting people into your life, you're missing prime opportunity to really show people the love of God. Every cool story about Jesus somehow involves food. I mean, we teach that we're by the book people, so if Jesus did it, we should do it too, right? He loved to eat food. Don't be scared of the bread. Bless it and break it is all I'm saying. Bless it and break it. But he goes and he spends time with these people. He's saying, I don't want you to miss this. I didn't rise from the dead so you can walk around confused. 
There's power in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Everything has changed. Everything has changed. If you're here in 2023 and you're still wandering like these guys at the very beginning of the road to Emmaus, you need to stop for a second getting the word of God. Get in the word of God. You know, there's a lot of people who saying, I want a new experience with Jesus. I need a fresh word. You know what Jesus did was so cool about this entire story is that he brought it down to the foundations of who he is. He had a simple Bible study. He brought something familiar to these people. They grew up knowing the scriptures. And he took something familiar and he turned it and flipped it upside down, shook it up and gave them a new perspective of what the word of God really is and, and who it's pointing to and what it's all about. Instead of asking for a new experience with Jesus, take the familiar of what you know and ask him to illuminate that for your current situation. Quit trying to chase the next word for your life because you ain't done nothing with the last word you heard. Or are you not doing anything? I told y'all. With what's in here. These guys were following Jesus and they, were, they knew the scripture, but they, they, missed, they were missing the relationship aspect of who Jesus was. So we can walk around really confused thinking that Jesus is here to be a Republican or a Democrat or a whatever-crat. I don't know. If you think that, I'm just going to say it right now. You can go ahead and get your money back if you put anything in the bucket. You're wrong. You're missing it. You are missing it. The foundation is that Jesus, his kingdom has nothing to do with the systems of this world. Nothing. And the foundation of what it is is that today we have hope. And these guys, they said they believed that God was, that Jesus was the Messiah, the, the deliverer. Past tense, they believed because what they saw didn't make sense to them. And so instead of trusting that God was still working, they got disappointed and lost their hope. How many times have you been in that place where you said, oh, I trust you, God, and then the bad thing happens? Like, oh, well, God, where are you? I thought you were my deliverer. Where are you? Why is this happening again to me? And God's right there saying, I ain't, I ain't left. I'm right here with you. Sometimes bad stuff just happens. We live in a fallen world. Sometimes you make dumb decisions and cause bad things to happen in your life. It doesn't mean that God's not working in your life. It doesn't mean that the resurrection power of Jesus is not real and alive for you right now to grab onto and say, no, I have hope because Jesus is alive. My situation ain't good. I don't like it. I don't feel good. But you know what? My feelings are going to lie to me sometimes. But you know who won't? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is foundation stuff. This is foundation stuff. If we, if we don't pay attention to where we're going and what we're doing, we're going to get off track because we're going to start creating this Jesus that fits this the last time you've truly loved your neighbor as you loved yourself. We want to say we love Jesus and we, we celebrate resurrection, resurrected Jesus, but when's the last time, husbands, that you've loved your wives the way that Jesus loves the church? When's the last time that you, you said, I'm, I'm not going to gossip today? In the name of the Lord. <laughs> You're laughing, but, you, but I'm telling you right now, I hear it every week. Church people acting like the world under this guise of, uh, but, but we got we to gotta concern. We got to pray for this person. No, you don't. You just want to gossip about this person because you don't like what this person doing. Hey, listen, we can't be the church that says we got hope in Jesus when we act just like the devil. We can't do it. 
And by the way, rabbit trail, because I got ADD. Nathan Cole, where are you at? Where's he at? Is he in here? He, uh, he's, he's in the back. He's working with the kids today. Did a phenomenal job last week. Phenomenal job. You can't say you're free if you're still living in bondage because you won't accept for Jesus for who he is and the life he's called you to live. It just don't work. It just doesn't work. And there's a lot of churches who, are, who, are, who feel real good about themselves because they've created this very nice, white, American Jesus that doesn't challenge or correct, but he just agrees. He goes along to get along. That's the Jesus that most people want. Because Jesus here says, hey, look, before you go talk about somebody else's sin, you better take that log out your own eye. You know who he was so sassy with the most was the church people. Because they thought they had arrived. They thought they had it all figured out. And I ain't going to call anybody out in this room because Lord knows I can be called out too. But let me tell you something. I have fallen to that trap before of being just like the Pharisees and calling out somebody else when Lord knows I'm struggling with something myself. Jesus said, come and follow me. And if you remain in me, I'll remain in you. That's the risen Jesus that's saying, hey, the power that we have from the cross to the grave to the empty tomb, we have access to that power through Jesus Christ. And it's a life full of hope and joy, not despair, gossip, anger, bitterness, sexual immorality, you name it. It's not about that. He's called to live a life that's different. And if we're not careful, if we don't maintain our foundation in him, we get really good at wearing that mask that preachers talk about since Moby Dick was a minnow. Church people wearing the mask. But it's true. We get so good at playing the church person part that Jesus' hope isn't even real for us anymore because we're so used to living in despair and masking it and putting a Band-Aid over it. I believe God's calling you to live a, a life that's higher than that. Where you can be who he has called you to be and has created you to be. A person full of hope that it doesn't matter how bad the situation gets, it's not going to shake you. It might hurt you. It might tick you off. You may need to go outside and scream till you bleed. But let me tell you something. It ain't going to shake you and break you because Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. And he wants to rule and reign as your Lord and Savior. And your friend. But we know that he is the word. He was there from the beginning. He is the end. He is everything. And it's through him that we have life. It's through him that we have the, the, the confidence to get up every day to say, you know what? Work really isn't fun. But the word tells me that I should work as if though I'm doing it for the Lord. And so Jesus takes something familiar, flip it upside down, give me a new perspective so I can walk in your ways today when I go to work. So I don't kill my coworkers, you know what I mean? Jesus, take the wheel, literally. I want to drive and hit this person, you know? He wants to take the familiar and flip it upside down so we can have uh, this new perspective. 
I don't want you chasing after uh, these Instagram prophets. Uh-oh. Some of y'all are like, oh, here we go. Pack up your stuff. It's time to go. I don't want you chasing after Instagram prophets or these, these people who are saying, look, you come to my meeting and, and you'll get a fresh word from the Lord. You've got all you need right here. And until you have mastered this, don't chase anything else. Don't chase anything else. This is the foundation right here. There's too many people in too many circles saying, yeah, but I've got something that you don't have. No, you don't. No, you don't, knucklehead. All I need is right here in this book. He is the author I'm chasing after. He's the only one that has a fresh anything for me. The word says that he does a new thing, not some street corner prophet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We chase after the wrong thing too much, church. And this, this Easter season of, of celebrating Jesus being alive, and, and listen, like I said, I don't want to sound like the old man here, but, you know, every day is resurrection day, and we shouldn't just highlight one day. But listen, it's a lifestyle, not a slogan for a T-shirt or, or your, your Facebook status update. It's more than that. It's a lifestyle saying, I've got hope when the world only offers me despair. My body's hurting, but you know what? My eyes are on Jesus. My job is terrible, but my eyes are on Jesus. My relationship at home is not great. Matter of fact, it's in a, it's in a, it's in a hole, but I have my eyes on Jesus now, and he's going to help me get out of this hole because the word says he is the way maker, right? I want you to get back to your foundation. We're going to spend some time on this next few weeks coming out of Easter of just what it means to really build on that foundation of who Jesus is and that life he's called us to live. We can't, we can't keep doing the, the, the dance anymore where it's like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but don't come to my house on Friday because I got my Bunko friends coming over, you know what I mean? And things get a little crazy at Bunko. So, but I'll meet you for coffee on Saturday around 12, okay? We can't live like that. We can't say we want to be a small group leader when all we do is gossip about people who come to us and ask us for prayer. We can't live like that. We can't say we want to be influencers for other people's marriages when yours is falling apart. Mm -mm. We can't do that. We can't say that, hey, you know, we want to lead the next generation when you can't stand your kids and you treat them like garbage. I just feel like Todd there for a moment. Scratch, reverse. God's calling us to live a life that looks like Jesus. If people, if a random person were to follow you around for a day and you didn't know it, would they know you followed Jesus? Would they say, oh, that person has hope. They, they know Jesus is alive. Would they know that by how you talk, by what you look at on your phone? Oh, snap, it got quiet. I know what I'm preaching on next week. <laughs> If they followed you around, all seriousness, would they know that, hey, this person's life has been... You know, the early disciples, there's people that walked around. They said that there's no doubt these people have been in the presence of God. When they walked into the room, people knew. Because they were on a foundation of a kingdom that's never in trouble, that's never shaken by the world's economy or wars or rumors of wars. It doesn't matter. Listen, Jesus is king. His kingdom is not in trouble. 
You don't have to pack a whole bunch of green beans in your closet because the times are coming, okay? <laughs> Jesus isn't scared. You should not be either. Yes. Amen. I don't know why I said that, but you know what? It is what it is. Today, church, I want you leaving with this. I want you leaving with a smile on your face knowing that Jesus is the good news that we have been called to preach. He is the gospel. He is from the, from the beginning of this book that you have to the very end. It all points to Jesus. We are alive in him. When we say yes to Jesus, we give him our life. Now we have this new way of thinking. And he wants, to, he wants you in his word because then when, when things get tough, and they will get tough, you can go back to the familiar and let God do something with that in the current situation you're in. Don't chase after anything but Jesus. I don't care what the world says you should be or shouldn't be or how you should look or how you. I don't care about any of that stuff. That's all just like Charlie Brown. Wah, wah, wah. One more time. Je- <laughs> Jesus is the only one that has any weight to an opinion about who you are. He's the only one. And if you're listening to anybody else, your girlfriends, your boyfriends, whatever it is, let me tell you something. They don't compare to Jesus. Now, we're not perfect, and people, you know, we're, we're called to do life together, and sometimes we say stupid things we shouldn't say to each other. But at the end of the day, you should start your day and finish your day in the Word of God, so that way you can test everything that comes through your ears to know if it's leading you towards Jesus or pulling you away. But let me tell you something. My clock ain't slowing down. I don't know if yours is. We can't wait to get it right. We can't wait for the, the, this season of my life to be over because I'm just so busy. No, you're not. No, you're not. Jesus wants to be involved in every single line item on your calendar. Every appointment you make, he wants to be there. When you're by yourself and you're drinking that Coke, you probably shouldn't drink for the third time that, that, that day. But you're sitting there saying, Jesus, I just need some help. He's going to say, put the Coke down, first of all. And listen, let me just love on you. Let me just love on you right where you are. And what's so cool about that relationship with God is that as he gives us these things, this love, this joy, this peace, this patience, this kindness, all that stuff we can give to other people too. Because it overflows from our life into other people. So again, if somebody follows you, would they know that your foundation is in Jesus, that you are on the solid rock of Jesus? Or would they say, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know about them. What's different about your life and being a Christian? Because if that's being a Christian, I, I don't know that it's any different. I want to challenge you. Don't, don't live in the status quo. Get up out of your seat. Do something for Jesus. If it's nothing else, if it's just loving on somebody that lives right next door to you. I had a quick story. I'll end it with this. My neighbor is a military uh, active duty reservist. Or that doesn't even make sense. He's a reservist. But he's, he's active. He's constantly going to trainings and meetings in Washington and Oklahoma and Seattle, all over the place. And found out so many cool things about him yesterday. Uh, cyber security, all kinds of stuff. And the stuff he told me, y'all, you, you might want to throw your cell phones out in the, the ditch and just leave them there. Um, kind of got a little like, oh my goodness, they know that much? You know? Anyway, off subject. But he came over and he tried to sneak over and give some Easter baskets to my kids. And we don't have a strong relationship, but we have a relationship. And this is all because we were kind to them around Christmas time and gave them a gift just to love on them. 
Now, I'm telling you this because it's a very simple thing you can do. If you want to, where's a starting point for me to be able to show Jesus to people? Just be kind. If you see somebody struggling with something or they have a need, just do something nice for somebody. And don't wait for the thank you. Just do it. If you're waiting for the thank you, it's all about you. It ain't about Jesus. And if you're still waiting three months after you've done something for that thank you, it's still about you. It's not about Jesus. I don't care what you say. It's not about you. Jesus has risen. We have a hope. We have a future. Because what, what happened uh, on 2,000 years ago where the devil thought he could win, he found out real quick that the prophecy of God, the word of God is always true and always faithful. And what God says is going to happen is going to happen. God loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for you and to, to rise from the dead so that you could have life that's abundant and satisfying and good here. And I believe God wants to throw your expectations out the window of what you think should happen for your life so that you could actually have faith and trust that like Indiana Jones, you just take that step because you know that God's directing your steps and God's got you. God has got you this morning. When you say yes to him, he says yes to you. and He's been waiting for that yes from you. He loves you so much. And he doesn't care how many warts and pimples you got. Praise the Lord. <laughs> he created you and he saw you. He said, oh, this is good. And I'm believing that today all the, the junk the enemy tries to throw at us, all the stuff that he has stolen from us, that God's taking all that back. He's taking all that back. And there's people who are in homes right now watching online, people in this room, people in jail cells are saying yes to Jesus for the first time. And guess what they need? They need me and you to be authentic followers of Jesus to help them walk that life out so that they can in turn help somebody else walk that life out. One of the things I love saying around Easter time is that saved people save people. Rescued people rescue people. You got a job to do, church, and it ain't sitting here looking pretty, although you look great this morning. It's to leave here and be the hands and feet of Jesus, an incredible honor that we have to be a mouthpiece, to be an ambassador for the kingdom of God. Y'all heard me. I came back from Washington, D.C. A, a few weeks ago, and all these people in their fancy suits and dignitaries and all this kind of stuff, minus the suits. We get to walk around our chest high because we serve the King of kings and Lord of lords. And wherever we step our foot, we're bringing that kingdom with us. So I want to challenge you. Check your foundation this morning. If there's some cracks, don't worry. Put your eyes on Jesus. Reach out to somebody else. Get some accountability in your life. And remember, it's not about you. It's not about you. Will you stand this morning? I want to pray over you. You guys are awesome. Thank you for laughing at my corny jokes. And that one. Thank you. I don't want you leaving here thinking that this today is about Easter eggs and the Easter bunny or anything like that or, or anything of that nature. I want you leaving here challenged. I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm here to challenge you to be in God's word and to look like Jesus. If you're looking for fluff, find a different church. But today I want you to know that God's called you not to sit still. 
but to be active hands and feet of his kingdom, his body of Jesus, to bring the gospel message to all that can hear. And if they can't hear, figure it, write it down, okay? But you are called not to be stagnant people, but to be active followers of Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for Jesus. I thank you, God, that we have uh, an empty tomb. God, that we have power, we have life, we have uh, so much because of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you loved us enough to send him to this earth to die for us. And I'm glad, God, that we can, again, today celebrate that he is risen, Lord. I thank you for every family in this room, Lord. I, I, I'm just saying, God, I'm declaring, Father, we are not people who are stagnant, but